From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. This, if you can believe it, and I'm not sure I can believe it. I mean, I guess I can because I have a spreadsheet saying it, but otherwise it just seems crazy. This is the 250th episode of Problem Solvers. 250 episodes. How is that even possible? How did I do that? And you know what? There are even more episodes. There are more than 250 because we released a whole bunch of special bonus episodes that we didn't count in the numbering system. So 250 something. But anyway, officially 250. And here we are. If you are a longtime listener to the show, first of all, thank you very much. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for making it worthwhile to make this show. But also, you will know, and for newer listeners, now you're knowing that every 50 episodes, I take a step back to talk about the show and what it makes me think about and how what I've learned from the show can be applied to you. And in particular, the creation of something for an audience. What is that? I know that if you are listening to the show, it is almost certainly because you create something for an audience too, whether that is a product or a service or content, whatever it is, you are serving somebody just like I am serving you. And what I can learn through this, I'm sure you can put into practice yourself. And that is why I love extracting these little lessons, taking a moment to step back, to think I think this is something that we should be programming into ourselves at all times, by the way. We should always be putting in some kind of marker. In fact, I I should talk about that a little bit more in this episode. I I start recording these things and I don't exactly know where they're going to go, I'll just be honest. But I think that what I want to talk about is one, something of a philosophy that I have developed about how to create for an audience. And then... Two, let's talk about the value of doing the thing that I'm doing right now, which is to have a specific moment in which we pause and reflect and recognize that maybe there's a better way to do the things that we're doing. Because guess what? There is. I'm going to tell you right now. There's a better way that I could make this show. There's a better way that you could do whatever you're doing. Not to say throw it in the garbage. Don't throw it in the garbage. But, you know, there's always tweaks there's always ways to update it, ways to think more fresh. We, we get stuck in a rut. We get stuck in our routines. So let's shake it up. This episode, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to first talk about the power, the importance of combining, but getting the balance right, combining predictability and surprise. And then number two, after our second break, we are going to talk about the importance of making a marker where you can reflect so that we don't just keep going without at least taking stock of what we're doing. All coming up after the break in this special, can't believe it, 250th episode of Problem Solvers. By now, you've probably heard all about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. You might even already be investing in them. But did you know you could invest in cryptocurrencies through your retirement account? That's right, with iTrust Capital, you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies from a crypto IRA and get all the same tax advantages as a traditional IRA. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies, and unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. The iTrust Capital platform is easy to use and it only takes a few minutes to create your account. 
Setting up an IRA is free and iTrust's fees are low. It's time to start taking control of your financial future. With iTrust Capital, you can get all the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit itrust.capital slash problem solvers to start investing today. That's itrust.capital slash problem solvers. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with a risk of loss. iTrust Capital Inc. does not provide legal investment or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. All right, we're back. And uh, here's where I want to start. In the previous episode, the 249th episode of Problem Solvers, I was talking to the former president of Nintendo. My name is Reggie Fisame. And we got into a philosophical conversation, maybe you just heard it, about what drives innovation. What is the formula for innovation? And he said this, this really wonderful thing. I, I'm just going to play it for you. Here's how I think about innovation. And innovation whether it's in a physical product, a service, even innovative ideas, creative ideas, commercials, what have you. I talk about it in terms of they need to be relevant, but unexpected. Mm. So the relevance really ties into your point around familiarity, right? It, It needs to be something the consumer can relate to, that the player can can see immediately. But I believe fundamentally it needs to be unexpected. You need to do something in a completely new and different way. So with Wii Sports, there had been tennis games. There had been baseball games. But those were played by pushing a button. Never had they been done where you would swing your arm like you had a racket in your hand hitting the virtual tennis ball. Never were you in a batter's box swinging the bat with your hand versus pushing a button. So highly relevant, but highly unexpected. And I believe that that's how uh, to judge a breakthrough idea. Is it relevant, but also is it fundamentally unexpected and bringing the consumer something that they hadn't even thought they wanted? Okay, so I was just listening to that like 10 minutes ago because although you are hearing these episodes once a week, I try to bundle the actual production of them. So it is currently Tuesday, April 26th. I like pulling back the curtain on these every 50 episodes. It is currently Tuesday, April 26th at 11.59. It's almost noon. I'm pretty hungry for lunch. I just created the episode 249. Then I moved on to this one. I might or might not do episode 251 today as well. I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. But anyway, I was listening to this conversation that I had with Reggie as I was editing it. I talked to Reggie a few weeks before I actually produced the episode. And that moment really jumped out at me because one, it's just so smart, but also because it tracks with something that I had come to think about my own work in content creation, you might call it. I don't really love the word content, but you know, whatever, the creation of articles, of podcasts, of magazines, of whatever, anything that people consume. Because what I had come to realize, even with social media, is that the way to develop and serve an audience, and I do it with this show too, or at least I hope I do, is to get the right balance of predictability and surprise. Predictability and surprise. That's what people want, right? So let's break it down. Predictability. When you subscribe to Problem Solvers, when you listen every week, it is because there is a level of predictability involved. You know how this show fits into your life. It's the reason why you listen to the show. You know that it is going to deliver something of value to a specific part of the thing that you are trying to do with your life, with your work every day. And that's why you listen. 
But if you knew what I was going to say every episode, that would get very boring. You'd have no reason to listen. So what you want is predictability, which is to say it's going to consistently deliver on a thing that I want, and that's why I'm going to come. And then surprise, which is I don't know what he's going to say. What's he going to say? What new information is he going to have? What new guest is he going to have? Predictability and surprise. Now, the problem is when you get that balance wrong. So if I release an episode that's actually a bunch of celebrity gossip, that is a surprise, but it's a bad surprise because it violates the thing that you have come to rely upon. It violates the predictability. So you always have to know whenever you're creating something for an audience, what is your predictability and what is your surprise? And the problem I I see with so many people who want to create something for an audience is that they haven't really thought through that balance. Either they are spending way too much time delivering on predictability, which is to say that they maybe gathered some data about what people want and now they're just feeding it back to them. You know, they, they, they see, oh, people love stories about Elon Musk. I'll only give them stories about Elon Musk. It's the only thing that I'm going to publish. That, I mean, frankly, I, I will admit, Entrepreneur.com publishes a lot of stories about Elon Musk because our readers also are very interested in Elon Musk. But what we are trying not to do, what we, in fact, are very vigilant about not doing, is making it only stories about Elon Musk. Because then what you end up doing is serving one slice of your data. You lean very heavily into predictability and you leave absolutely no room for discoverability which is to say when you are testing out new ideas to your audience and you're seeing what else they respond to. You know, if you are only working off of the feedback that you're getting from your audience, then you're only working on what they are saying they like or don't like about what you have already created, which is very narrow. It's a narrowing in of an already narrow data set, which is why you have to be constantly throwing new things at your audience, trying, experimenting. That's the reason why I'll do something kind of weird or different on this show from time to time. And it's the reason if you follow me on social media that I'm throwing out all sorts of stuff, right? Like the the core of what I do on, let's say, Instagram, I'm at Hey Pfeiffer, by the way, or my newsletter, where, by the way, I'm jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. What I'm mostly doing are things that I think fit pretty well into predictability. People are tuning into me for a dose of like real optimism and perspective shifting on business and ambition and these kinds of things. But then I'll just uh, I'll try something out. Maybe I'll, I'll share something about my kids or I, I had some weird experience somewhere and I'll try that. A while ago, I shared uh, like a pitch, a bad pitch that I got from a publicist and people loved it. And I realized, oh, people like this. And so then I started doing more of it. And then I started doing it for a long time. And then I, I came to realize that um, people were losing interest in it. They were into it for a while and they lost interest in it. So then I moved on. Anyway, the idea is that I wouldn't know what people are into or not into unless I am constantly testing where the limits of the predictability and the surprise are. And why is this all so important? Well, here's why. Because our audiences will change. They will want new things. They will be different audiences. We if we are not constantly testing who we're talking to and what it is they're, they're interested in, then we're going to just continue to serve something that's like frozen in time and our audience will move on from us. And that's the reason why 
we can't rely upon either. Because you know, it's funny. Sometimes I think something might even shift from surprise to predictability in the way in which, um, well, I mean, to use the kids example, I have now done enough kids stuff that that now I know that some parents uh, follow me and they like specifically love when I get my kids involved in something because that has now become part of the predictability. It like moved from surprise to predictability. Anyway, point is we just can't know unless we are constantly testing and we want to be always very, very aware of what that balance is at any one time. Just like Reggie spoke about the importance of how, how innovation is really a blend between what is reliable and relevant. What is relevant is the word he used, relevant, but unexpected. And that's perfect because, again, whether it's content or whether it's product or service or whatever, what you're ultimately doing here is making sure that you understand where your audience is and how you're serving their needs and then how you are doing it in a unique way, right? How you are earning their time and their support because that's ultimately what it is. The surprise, the unexpected, that is earning their time, their most valuable asset. You are saying, look, you should pay attention to me instead of my competitors who are also here to serve predictably something that you're looking for because I'm going to do it in a way that is going to delight you the most and be the most useful to you. Without that, honestly, we're nothing. So, okay, that is something I have been trying to do throughout these past 250 episodes, for better or for worse. The show has changed quite a bit. I have thought differently about what the predictability and surprise of this show is. I'm sure that I can and should think more about it, and I would welcome your feedback on it. Now I'm going to take a short break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to get meta about the being meta, which is to say, and I'm not talking about Facebook, <laughs> lowercase m, I'm going to talk about the importance of taking this step back and how we all need to be constantly evaluating what we're doing and why we won't do it unless we put it in the calendar. Seriously, it's in my calendar. Well, it's in my every 50 episode calendar. So once a year. Okay, coming back after the break. This episode of Problem Solvers is being presented by State Farm. Being a small business owner can be so fulfilling, rewarding, and let's be honest, a little scary from time to time. Doing your own thing and being your own boss is great, but sometimes it can make you feel like you are all alone, especially when things aren't going great. Well, the folks at State Farm want you to know that you are not alone. State Farm has thousands of agents who are small business owners too, so they know what it takes to protect everything you've worked so hard for. State Farm has an assortment of insurance policies for small businesses that can be tailored to your needs. So whether you're a hairstylist, an electrician, or a florist, State Farm agents are ready to help. Learn more and find an agent today at statefarm.com slash business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we're back. So now another curtain puller before I dig into this next part. I usually record this show at my desk, which is in my bedroom next to a window that faces out onto a street in Brooklyn. I've mentioned this before, but maybe you don't remember. So I often have to stop and maybe re-record something if there's like a large noise outside some siren or something beeping. It's really annoying. I don't like it. <laughs> I just haven't figured out a better solution for it yet because I don't want to pay for an office because what's the point? I can work from home. But today, there is some kind of construction going on outside and there is the occasional beeping. It's very, very annoying. And normally I would wait and edit it out. But you know what? Because we're being meta, I'm just going to say, if you hear some beeping, we're just going to go with it. I'm just going to live on. Beep away, construction people. 
Today is the hundred, two hundred, it's the two hundred fiftieth episode. You can't stop me. Okay, so I had promised to talk about the importance of kind of taking a step back. To do that, I, I'm going to start by digging into uh, something that I'd written for my newsletter a little bit ago, which was called "Why You Should Run Your Life Like a Professional Sports League." And uh, why should you do that? Well, let me tell you. We make rules for ourselves or others, then we change them or break them or ignore them or pile new rules on top. And this is a recipe, I think, for chaos. What we need is a rule of rules, a rule to govern all our rules. And where can we turn to for a good model of doing this? I suggest professional sports leagues. If you're a sports fan, you know that the leagues tweak their rules almost every year. For example, the NFL recently nixed the sudden death rule for postseason overtime games. The MLB recently changed a bunch of rules, including a big one about the designated hitter. And before the current NBA season, the league adjusted how fouls are called. All this follows a simple schedule. The league plays a season under whatever rules it has. During that time, fans and commentators and maybe even players will debate whether a rule should change, but nothing is actually changed until the season ends and the offseason begins. Then the rules are reviewed and possibly amended. Then a new season begins and the cycle begins anew. This is the sporting world's rule of rules. The rules can change, but first they must be played by. A rule almost never changes mid-season. Why is this relevant to you, to the average person? Why am I talking about it on this episode of Problem Solvers? Why should we all, in effect, create our own off-season review? Well, first let's talk about the rules. Whether or not we notice, we set a lot of rules for ourselves. You know, we work nine to six. We don't drink alcohol on weekdays. We take notes during meetings and send them out afterwards. Whatever, whatever it is, whatever you do, whether you think of them as hard rules or just routines or habits or goals, these are the blocks that create structures in our lives. Once we find structures that more or less work for us, it's easy to get attached to them. Sometimes we get so comfortable in our routines that we don't even notice when they stop working. Case in point, Pre-pandemic, so many managers refused to let people work from home, even though, as we all would learn, working from home can be pretty good, except for the times when things are beeping out your window and you're trying to make a podcast. What we need is a regularly scheduled moment of rule review, a way to put us in the rhythm of actively assessing what's working for and what's not. What's working for? What's working for us? <laughs> oh, there was a typo in my newsletter. All right, I'm just going to keep going and I'm going to leave this part in because again, curtains are pulled back. But we also suffer from the opposite problem. You know, we break our own rules constantly. We'll declare a rule or habit or process and then abandon it at the first sight of trouble. As a parent, for example, I am constantly creating rules for my kids and then either bending or just straight up forgetting them. I am sure I'm not alone there. This isn't fair to us or anyone we expect to follow our rules, because if we don't follow our rules for long enough, we can't learn whether they work. Rules need time to take root and take effect. If we can't give them that, we might as well fly off the seat of our pants. And that is why I love the way that sports leagues operate. They benefit from a natural cycle of rule setting. They play for a full season, during which time the rules stay the same. Then in the off season, they take stock of what worked that year and what didn't, and they adjust the rules accordingly. Of course, regular human life does not operate this way. They don't operate the way that seasonal sports do, but you can still create an established moment to step back and decide whether your own rules are working. How can you create that structure? Here it is. The rule of rules. Like I said before, the rule of rules. We need to create a rule about how long a rule is followed before it is reviewed and revised. In a sports league, 
you know, the rule of rules is that rules don't change during the season. Maybe your rule is that you reassess every three or six months. Or maybe when you try new things, it's worth explicitly treating it as an experiment with a specific expiration date. I just interviewed a woman whose company adopted the four-day work week, for example, and that's exactly how they got there. They treated it as a one-month experiment and then reviewed how it went and then renewed it for another month and, you know, did the whole thing, repeated and refined until it became permanent. There's no rule for how the rule of rules must be written. Take a look at your own rhythms and at the natural pausing points in your work and life and your cadence will emerge. Also, the rule of rules doesn't have to be unnecessarily rigid. In 2019, for example, the NFL made a rare and very hyper-specific rule change just before the playoffs. When something is clearly broken, the rule of the rule of rules can be that the rules can change. This way, you can divide your own life into seasons and understand clearly what your needs are and how to address them and how your rules need to evolve alongside changing circumstances. Maybe work from home worked for your team last year when you were just a few people, and now that you've grown, you need to introduce some office time. Maybe a mandated morning meeting doesn't work for a group that's now mostly night owls. The only way to cater to those changing needs is to pay attention to them. And look, now you have a system. And if it turns out that any part of this new system doesn't work for you, well, make a time to review it and then change it. That's the whole point. All right, so that was my newsletter. That's what I wrote. Uh, again, jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Send it out twice a week. But anyway, the reason that I'm reading it to you right now is because that was about rules that we set or habits or goals or whatever. It can and should be about anything, right? Anything that we create, anything that we produce, anything that we're working on, if we do not create some kind of system by which we are going to say, we'll do it for this long, and then we're going to step back and review whether it works, I'll tell you something, you're never going to step back and review if it works because you're always going to be so focused on just doing it. It's like that old line, we spend too much time working in our business and not on our business. We need these moments. So for me, this show, I do it every 50 episodes. I talk to you and I think through ideas about what it is that this show should be doing for you. And I talk it out and then I keep going. And I do this in my other work too. I Maybe it's just an annual thing. Maybe it's just at the end of the year, step back and think, how is this working? But also, you know, with people who I work with, we will say, let's check in every, let's check in in three months. Let's check in in six months, whatever it is. We need this time. You have to put this time in, this marker, this thing that says, here is a time to stop for just a moment and take a look at what I'm doing and whether I'm doing it right or if I could be doing it better. So that's why I love doing this thing every 50 episodes. And I hope that you will make whatever marker you need on whatever you're doing so that you can reflect. That's the rule of rules. That's what it's for. So thank you for whatever amount of problem solvers you have been listening for. And um, next, uh, next week, episode 251, back to regular problem solvers. But, you know, something will be a little different. Something will be toyed with. There will be that constant changing, that constant tweaking of what my predictability is, what my surprise is. And then we will get to episode 300, where we will step back and review it all again. I'll see you there. And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. 
Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.